The Hurling Podcast is brought to you by the Enniscorthy Credit Union, where you can join and apply for a loan on the same day. With great interest rates and special rates for car loans, green car loans and education loans. Check out their website at enniscorthycu.ie. The Enniscorthy Credit Union. Local, loyal and lending. Loans are subject to approval. Terms and conditions apply. If you do not meet the repayments on your loan, your account will go into arrears. This may affect your credit rating, which may limit your ability to access credit in the future. Enniscorthy Credit Union Limited is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Catch, touch and bang. Dara is a fantastic coach and um, some really, really exciting uh, young players coming through. Um, so there's an awful lot to be uh, excited about and that's really fun. County is like the party, uh, as we well know. Then we had Billy Byrne, who was going to come in to do the game shape. And we had to put a high ball in from the middle of the field. And Billy Byrne's job was to catch, touch and bang. Catch, touch and bang. Oh, there's no rules. This guy just grabbed the ball, threw it up in the air and then hit it. But, most importantly, I'd like to thank you, the people of Wexford, who stuck with us through take and take. Hello, Wexford! Hello and welcome to the Hurling Podcast. A sullen and dejected hurling podcast, I might add, as Wexford lost out to Dublin by the narrowest of margins on Saturday. Have you managed to get over it yet, Ben? Um, I was very, very dejected the first couple of days, but I'm actually not too bad now. Looking, Things are looking up. Lee Chin's going to be back for the Kilkenny game. And sure, what better way to do it than to beat them in Nolan Park to get through? Yeah, uh, every time every time I think I'm getting over it, I just keep going back over all the little moments that could have and, and probably would have made the difference. But at least there's plenty of hurling this weekend to take our minds off it as the Miners play Leash on Saturday at 1pm in the Leinster quarterfinal. The seniors look to get back to winning ways on Sunday at 2.30 against Leash with both of those games in Elmore Park. And then... The under-20s played Dublin in the Leinster semi-final in Wexford Park on Monday at 2pm. We're joined today by former Tipperary and Dublin hurler Ryan O'Dwyer and former Wexford hurler Andrew Shaw to dissect the game and look ahead to the mammoth but achievable task that Wexford have ahead if they're going to make it out of Leinster. Ben starts by finding out if Andrew and Ryan have made up after previous battles. We start now, we'll have to, reality lads, we have to address... The elephant in the room here. Well, of course it was coming. Yeah. We, had to, we had to do it. If not, the people would be asking, why not? We'd be, we'd be cowards, really. Two years in a row, two years in a row, Ryan, you ended up on the floor after an alter- altercations with a certain Wexford man. We're here today. Hopefully we can, we can bury the hatchet. What do you think? Well, look, we we've kissed and met up, um, off the field. So I think we'll just we we'll go along with that. Um, we've had a drink. Well, we've had a few drinks over, and we've, we've chatted about it, and we've had therapy about it. Uh, so <laughs> we've moved on to better better pastures now. That's good to hear. It is. It is very good. Very good. I'm glad we could uh, we could be of service. You already had your say, Andrew, and we, we felt you were very open and honest about it. Thanks, and Ben. We, we thank you for that. No problem. <laughs> we can swiftly move on from that situation. Then. <laughs> yeah, but well, that means we just talk about the game, Andrew. 
Yeah, start us off, Gary. Or where do you want to start? I don't know where to start. Things uh, things looked promising in the lead up after the comeback against the comeback against Galway, and through most of the game, I felt things were kind of on track, but we couldn't we couldn't climb back. What do you think the problem was, Andrew? Yeah, there's look. There seemed to be a lull, um, a kind of a ten to fifteen minute lull in the second half, where they were kind of getting easy scores and pulling away. And then we did something very similar, obviously, to the Galway game, uh, coming back into the game late. Uh, look, like the direct ball, just probably a little bit too much of it. Um, Connor and Rory are massive target men. Sure, every and every team in the country knows that. Like. Owen O'Donnell is probably the best fullback in the country. Um, and O'Callaghan's not too bad either. Obviously, he, he ended up getting sent off uh, a couple of fouls against Rory, obviously. And then Wanda, I, th- I thought the second yellow, he was very unlucky. But from the ref's point of view, it was a sending off. But it just looked, yeah, a little bit one-dimensional. And as I was saying to you just before, um, we didn't seem to have half-forwards coming to take the ball off Rory or Connor which kind of made them predictable for Dublin. If they were getting the ball, anyone who's in the full back line knew that they were kind of had to do it themselves or go straight for goal. Um, another thing, free-taking and, and place balls in general are a problem for Wexford. Again, it's kind of come up a few times over the years. Obviously, with Lee not being fit and not being on, um, he's taken frees and stuff fairly well for the past couple of years. But the last day, just Rory's freeze he's probably not a natural free taker either and it makes it difficult for him because he wins a lot of his own frees and then he has to try and get himself up and ready to hit one as well which is also tough um brendan made a good save for fanning's penalty but again these are things like we have to be we have to be taking advantage of them like there was no one going to stop tony kelly's penalty yesterday it just wasn't going to be stopped like just it's a little bit more cutthroat maybe do you think fanning's was a bit like you see, he he went to the side of the keeper, the the, the good side for the keeper. You know, he's holding his hurling in his right hand, so and he's gone to the keeper's left, which is the better side. And the keeper was kind of standing a little bit to the side. Do you think that it was more of a situation where like Fanning had just said it in, in his head, and he's going for that corner, uh, regardless? Yeah, look, like it, it was a good penalty, but kind of the thing with the one on one now, the change is that penalty takers sometimes are are trying to place the ball. Whereas back when it was three men on the line, like whoever's hitting a penalty was hitting it full crack, kind of get it on target and has a massive chance of going in. Like that penalty the Fanning hit the other day, like wasn't near his full power of a shot. Whereas yeah. you see Kelly, he absolutely rattled it. Yes, it was accurate as well. But even if that's going straight down the line, I th- I still don't think it stopped like because it's just sheer power. Um, Probably that's what he did against no, Galway last week. And, yeah, and but it and it was a very good save from. Brendan, without a doubt, like he still had to stop the thing. I know it was on his good side and this, that, and other, but it was low on in the corner. He still had to stop it. Did you take any penalties yourself, Ryan? Uh, yeah, but all very badly. Uh, <laughs> uh, if you see me taking a penalty now, you'll see why I'd, I, I'm not stepping up to him too much. Um, I just always like taking him at the sevens. I used to love that because uh, he just just hit as hard as you can. Pick the lad you don't like on the line and just hit him as hard as you can. <laughs> Um, and hopefully it goes over the line. Uh, but uh, yeah, look, there's, there's a lot Andrew said there about the game. 
the the thing you say about uh, the direct ball in and lads not coming short for you, you think, and jeez, I, I, I nearly hate, and I'm not blaming this man, but you nearly hate referring back to him because it's a new regime. But are they nearly under Davy and Sersha and everyone that was in, in Davy's camp that they, it was so, it was overpassing, if you ask me. And do they have it in their head now, right? We want to change from the the passing and overpassing and just passing for the sake of it to being a little bit more direct. But as soon as they hear, right, we need to be more direct, do they go com- a complete switch? Do you know, if they could find a middle ground somehow of working the ball out to, to a platform and then if the shot is on, take a shot from distance, maybe out to 65, take a shot from there. Um, if you're not under too much pressure or let the ball in, then um, there was a there was an article in the parts two last week about um delivery of ball into the forwards, um and from was it from the the end line out to the forty five? Uh, it was halfway and, between the forty five and the sixty five. That was zone one, I think. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Zone one was the up to up to the forty five. If you delivered from there. Uh, was I think was it a, an eighty percent chance of it? No, it could be wrong with the accuracy here, but a seventy eighty percent chance of it coming back. Um, but it, if it was out halfway between the forty five and sixty five opposition sixty five, was I think seventy percent chance of a, a score coming from it. So straight away that tells you you, you play the chances and not just hit and hope for the sake of it. The more the the delivery that you give further up the pitch the greater the chance of uh, a score development from it. And, and then if you're so far up the pitch, well, if lads are being marked inside, well, then you, if you're playing senior inter-county, you can take it. Seen, at Lee McCarthy, senior inter-county level, you'd want to be able to score from 65 yards out. So there is that. You need to bring that into your game as well. Um, but yeah, look, I, I, look I'm look. i delighted. There's no point in saying I'm absolutely delighted. Dublin won. Sorry, I'm surrounded by mm-hmm. Wexford lads here. <laughs> But, I, but I'm very disappointed for Wex as well. I have lots of friends in Wexford, and like I was telling you uh, before he pressed the record, uh, Niall Carpenter is one of my best friends and he's coaching Wexford. Um, so, look, I, I think they'll, they'll come good again. I think after the, the last day fighting back from, was it six points down against Galway to, mm-hmm. to end up with a draw, I thought all the momentum would be on their side coming into the, the Dublin game because Dublin weren't outstanding against Leash. Um, you know, they, look, I, I think they were always comfortable. I thought they were always going to win, but Leash could have pipped them in the end. So if you if you're a betting man and looking at this, you'd say, right, Wexford have the momentum. That's where I'm going to put my money on. But just they seem flat. I don't know. Are they are they trending too hard? I I think a factor as well is when you look at the league, the early stages of the league, they were the farm team. Um, they bet the All Ireland Champions was the first game of the league, uh, and you said, "Geez, they're they're going great." Darry Egan, he's laying their marker, he's laying his marker down for the year. But the the Wexford game, or sorry, the the Waterford game had, had a major effect on them. Like they, it opened up a, a lot of holes that might have been uh, plastered over or painted over, or whatever. Um, but they they had two three weeks to to fix those flaws. Um, but it seems they they haven't. I don't know. Is it has it been affecting their confidence or what way going forward? But uh, yeah, I, I think there is there is elements of uh, the the finish to the league coming through into championship. I'm I don't know. I'm kind of 
I don't know if it was that bad of a performance from Wexford. Like at the end of the day, lost by one point. But was, apart from the finishing, I thought like the couple of missed frees, a couple of missed easy chances, the missed penalty, Connor Mack with a great chance for a goal, like an unbelievable pass from Rory O'Connor, a super take and turn from, from Mack. And just, I'd say it was inches wide. Just these moments seem to all go against Wexford. I'd agree with you. Like, look, every game, and I, I, I think I know this fairly well now, it's all about inches. Um, yeah. And the, the the ball two inches too wide uh, could cost you a game. A tackle a second late could cost you a game. You know, so yeah, they, look, they could have they could have come out with a victory there the other day. But if you look at the performance as a whole, I think Dublin were the, the better team. Um, and I I don't think not many people will argue against that. But look, they they could have won it. But I, I just think I think Dublin Dublin had their homework done a little bit better. Um and to just they they probably had their matchups right who was going on who and like Andrew said Owen O'Donnell and I know from playing with him he's one of the best in the country uh whether it's full back line or half back line he's one of the best in the country and Keno Callahan I always call him a spider monkey he's just he's all over he, um he's just all over no matter where you go but yeah look they're just them alone they're serious lads to have in there and then who I, who I was delighted to see there the other day was uh, Dunnick Ryan uh, wing back um, he was on the same minor team as Paddy Smith Connor Burke Donald Burke uh, Aidan Mellis Ronan Hayes like, they were all on the same same age group for that minor team so to see them uh, coming through it's great um, so yeah look the the it would be very interesting to see. I know um, Wexford have leashed the next day, which no disrespect to leash. Wexford should win that. But it's still in their hands, the the draw against Galway. Now, I know it's not going to be easy because they have to go to Kilkenny and beat them there, but it's still in their hands whether they qualify or not. I think, Andrew, Wexford were a little slow to learn. Like, I know McDonnell is a, good, is a great target man. And when he's on fire, it's going great. But say he definitely got the better of Dottie Burke the week before, scored one two, was our best player. But when Ono Donald has been so dominant, do we need to just say we need to try something else? Yeah, I, I definitely think so. And another thing, like like everyone, as you say, we know what Connor Mack is capable of. Like he's able he can catch the ball without even seeing it. He's like he's not blessed with pace, but he's he has that quick turn, he knows where the goals are. But Owen O'Donnell has kind of got the better of him fairly constantly, like over a number of years as well. Um, like changing, like we don't have a, any massive ball winner in the half forward line. Like that's where maybe if Mac is not going really well inside, that he could be brought out to try and win a poke out or two or try and make some primary possession. It's the learning. Yeah, it, it, it was the same thing. It just wasn't. It wasn't working, and we kept we kept doing it. Um, I thought Damien Reck when he started, he hit some serious long range scores in the second half. And I think he nearly took it upon himself because he knew that the ball seemed to be coming out a bit easy. And anytime he had space, even if it was well back, he was still shooting and scored some great points. But that's, look at it. As I said, it just seemed a little bit one dimensional again. Rory won his fair share though. How, how many times was Rory fouled, would you say? It's a six or seven. At least I would say. We, I, we were thinking, well, I was thinking that maybe the red card came a bit late, no? Maybe, yeah. But like I said, Dublin were still absolutely delighted. Like, 
he like he's massively dangerous. What did he score in the game? Not a whole pile and missed a couple of frees that he won himself. Like I'd say they were delighted. Like you know, one, when it comes one down, point from play. one point from play and maybe three frees or four frees and he missed two or three. Maybe two, more. Three. Two in the first half from about 50, 55 yards out. And then I think he dropped one short in the second half. Like they're going to be delighted with that, really. Like he was yeah. marked really well against Galway. But up until then, he has done some damage in the league. And yes, I know it's only league. But he was he scored from everywhere. From you, play, could see, so. you could see Dublin were quite worried, worried about him. Like, I mean, the first, the first three he got, actually, the ball wasn't even up there. But he was been. I, I couldn't see it at all. I think Keno Callahan was obviously pulling and dragging out before the ball mm. came up because they were quite afraid of him. I'd say. Yeah, but he's going to get that like in championship. Like he got, like he got, he got that against Galway the week before as well, and he just didn't win the freeze this weekend. He got the freeze. On. Dublin were a little, a little harder on him. I thought. Yeah, I, I, I think whatever game, no matter who he's playing against, he, there's going to be a target on his yeah. back. You look at every single team, you're going to, if you're preparing for whatever team, you're going to have one man on the opposition that you're going to say, right, we have to keep him quiet. Um, and I, in fairness, Andrew, you, you got a good point there. Um, Dublin didn't mind giving away the odd free against him because it, it kept him quiet. He only scored one from play. And I know he missed a few from frees, but you, like you keep a, your star player like that quiet. He'll happily give away the, the two or three frees if you know there's a chance that some of them could be could be missed. Um, like look, you look at Cork, you keep Pat Horgan quite Galan and Limerick. Like does every team has one TJ and Kilkenny. Mm. Every team has one that if you keep quiet, you're it's going a long way to winning. Um, and certainly that that's that's the case with, with Wexford. And then I suppose on the flip on the flip side. Especially in that first half, Wexford didn't manage to keep Donald Burke quiet. I think he got four from play and he was just scoring from all angles. Is he a bit underrated in the when when you talk about the best hurlers in the game? From seeing him since minor and then coming through at senior and I played with him at senior. Um look, he doesn't have the pace, the turn of pace that other lads have, but he's so accurate from place balls and so accurate from general play as well. Um I think he, he's if you were to pick the top 10 forwards in the country, I think he, he's in the top 10, um, if you ask me. Maybe I'm being biased, but um, yeah, he's certainly in that conversation anyway. And he is, he's certainly Dublin's biggest threat. Um, and and he's, he's doing it at a consistent level, like Ronan Hayes. Yeah, he can do it, but he could be brilliant in one game and score two, three. Um, but then the next game... Uh, you don't even see him and I think that can probably be shown in the the club championship where he he basically won the county final by himself um and then came out uh, against Klopp Ali Kala and I don't I I could be wrong in this I don't think he actually scored in that game he was just marked so tightly uh and by Darren Mayer no disrespect to Darren but he's pushed on the same age as myself and Ronan should have the pace on him but uh, he still didn't get the better of him. So, you know, Donald does it at a, a consistent level. Um, and that's what you need to do at the top level. You need to be consistent. He's certainly taking that box. It was one point in the first half, I think he got. It was just ridiculous. I think it was at his own 40. He looked around and said, what do I do with this? 
And he just, ah, sure, I'll just throw it over the bar here from under Jags. As if he wasn't yeah, he was, thinking about he was, it. He was running away from goal and he had barely like stopped going away, just looked and struck it and I don't know how it went over. He's just he, a, he's he, just a pure striker the ball. He like. doesn't need space to strike either. Oh. Yeah, he he you know, maybe people might jump down my throat for this, but maybe because he he's been playing for a, a more successful team, but he actually reminds me of Owen Kelly from Tip because Owen was never the fastest, but he just had wrists on him and didn't even have to look at the post. Mm. He just he turns in an instant and, and and flicks the ball and it could go 100 yards. The record have paid more attention to him. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Because, like, look, like I said, you're going up against a team and say, right, who's the biggest threat? Um, right, well, it's going to be, in this case, Donald Burke. I think Fergal Whiteley uh, it, it could have been a serious uh, threat as well. But, um, yeah, look, without doubt, Donald Burke is the, the number one that you need to keep quiet if you're playing against um, against uh, Dublin. Like I think though what Dublin, is, I think what Dublin did well though, towards maybe what Wexford did, they wanted to get him a, get him the ball. Dublin seemed to be moving their half back, like carrying the ball a bit more than usual, kind of up to midfield. Like their half backs found themselves well up the pitch a lot of the time, and they were looking to give him the ball. He got let's say he got a lot more easier ball than Rory O'Connor got. Like Rory had to get out, win his ball, try and take on a man or two, and do something with it. Whereas Burke seemed to get like they, they were they were trying to draw others to give it out to him for to let him shoot like which makes a massive difference like but I think like that a lot comes, of his points were long range like yeah I think that comes from the work rate lads off the ball though that's what a hundred percent like their mm-hmm. the Dublin half back line I thought were a, a springboard for that but they they were allowed to do that because they were allowed to, like they weren't they weren't being put under pressure back on their own forty yeah. five. Mm. They, were, they were allowed to travel with the ball they, like Wexford nearly inviting them on to him and even when, if if one person uh, put it, just say Dunnock Ryan now I'm not thinking of a specific incident here but just say Dunnock Ryan was coming out with the ball and they put a stop on him he w- he had time to well he didn't have time but he was able to turn around and give it to someone and to that the next person, person yeah. like that person was free People weren't tracking their runs, like basic stuff that that can be fixed. No doubt it can be fixed. But just the the work rate for, from West's point of view, the work rate of the man off the ball, or the man that that wasn't in the tackle, the man that was trying to pick up the runner, it wasn't there. So look, mm-hmm. all, all everything we're talking about now can be improved on. It, it can be sorted, um, but it's about sorting it quick because mm-hmm. they, they don't have a turnover. No, no. There was a, a segment in the, on the Sunday game uh, where it was pointing out, you know, Wexford conceding the puck out so easily to Dublin and allowing them to bring the ball forward, which is touching off what you're talking about there yourselves. In that article that you referred to from the 42, Ryan, um, it was from Sean Flynn, I think, and Wexford gave Galway 11 short puck outs and only one of those resulted in possession in Wexford's half. Now, I actually found that strange. I, I was given out in, against Galway thinking, why are we? Why do we keep giving him with so much time with the ball? And I couldn't believe that we only conceded possession in our own half once from it. But I think D- Dublin probably got a bit, little bit more success from that. Yeah, well, they, they were working the ball out. Like, I think 
Galway are a certainly more direct team. Like if you look at traditionally the style of hurling in Galway, they're all physically really strong lads, and it's in their it's in their DNA to hit the ball up. It's up to you to win it then. Um, so I think there were the it goes back to that 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 stat from that article about when you're hitting the ball from a certain distance back, there's a chance for coming back. Whereas if you work it up the field a bit more and being a little bit more clever with the ball. Um, and then let it in. You get the scores from it, and like I think the the, the contrast in styles. If you look at Wexford last year, I think it was over over passing the ball. Um, now they're striking the ball from a little bit too deep. Well, I think Dublin nearly is that middle ground where they're working the ball out, and then delivering it. And you can still you can still see they're in the early stage of that because they turned over the ball to Wexford like on numerous occasions. In yeah. around the center, trying to do that, but they they stuck with it and stuck yeah. with it. Like, but you can see that, like, like they're not as maybe as sharp. Say Wexford in twenty nineteen on those fifteen twenty yard stick passes and hand passes. Like yeah. the majority of those were sticking, whereas they weren't really sticking for Dublin the other day. But they but they they stayed with it. it seemed to yeah. be in their in their plan, like, and, and as and you said, right, they had that balance. Like, it's a high risk game as well. Like when you're yeah. working all out of the fence. And especially with the sharp, especially the flick pass, the 10 yard flick passes, where where you're being pulled and dragged and you want to do a brick flick, that's fine. But every one of them should be a hand pass because the the, the strike pass is just more high risk. But regardless of whether it's a hand pass or a strike pass, it's a high risk game because if you get turned over between the 45 and 65, the chances are, right, you're trying, a lot, there's going to be players coming out as support play. So the chances are you're after leaving a man there free to, to come in that support. So if it does get broken down, there's going to be a turnover. So you saw it there, Limerick against uh, against Cork there last week. Um, Glenn got the goal from it. Cork were coming out, got turned over, and he was left inside by himself. Yeah. I think Cork are another example, especially when they're playing against Limerick, of a team that are probably overdoing it on the running and playing the ball out from the back. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, oh, certainly. But like, I suppose. Look, I, I spoke about Galway DNA hitting it, and and I suppose Kilkenny DNA hitting it and win your own ball. Cork were the first intercounty team to to introduce that sharp passing, stick passing, high tempo running game, um, and they 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 haven't deviated really from it. Um, but look, the the first thing you do when you when you take over a team, as no, I could be wrong in this. When you take over a team as a manager, you look at the players you have. And look, play a few games, a few challenge matches without any real game plan. And then you look at it and say, right, well, I, I'm going to tailor my game plan to the type of players that I have at my disposal. You have to wonder, are Wexford doing that or, or are Cork doing that? Do you know, like, are they using their best assets in the in the right way? Well, Andrew, are they? <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I still think and I know everyone was like about about Davy, but they need to that mix that mix needs to be there. I think their their running game is still is still stronger than their striking at the moment. Like you see, like especially near the end of the Galway match, like Wexford just started to run at them, and Galway could not they could not hack it. Like there was they were just giving away free after free. Like they couldn't manage it at all. Um, especially with like said like Damien Rick, like we have some speedy lads that need to that need to be running the ball. 
Um, look, it's easy to sit like sure if, if Wexford had a bet Dublin, if they had a come back and bet, we would have said just that's that's great. Now we've won the draw, and it's kind of try and build up a bit of momentum between the next two games with Leash and Westmead. But it's it's not it's not all lost in it. That's I think these two games will be no harm, and it'll be no harm to like they're going to get a bit of a test from Leash. Like as Ryan was saying, like Dublin nearly got pipped by him. Now Dublin were way better and they had a massive amount of wides, but their Wexford will get a test from Leash and they kinda of need it. And if they can drive on and kind of get through that fairly well and then put up a score against Westmead, like the confidence will be high again. In terms of getting Chin back, like he if he wasn't right to start at the weekend, I know he got another twenty, twenty five minutes into the legs, but he'd probably appear on the from the bench again at the weekend, do you think? Well, if he's not if he's not injured or carrying something, if he if he's fairly right from a body side of things, I think he has to start the next two games. Like he could see he made a massive impact even from a psychological side of things coming on against Galway because it was late in the game. It gave everyone a really good buzz. But when he came on the other day you could see he he wasn't he wasn't anywhere near match fit to the match fitness that Lee Chin usually has. So I, I think if he's not Hurt or not carrying anything. So if he's injury free, basically, yes, unfit and not match fit, he needs to start the next two games. I think. Yeah, I I'd agree with you to a certain extent, um, because it's in a strange, it's in a, a, a kind of strange position, right? No disrespect to the opposition, they should win the next two games, right? And if you're to start him to give him to to build up his match fitness to to last the full seventy, and then gets injured. Like you're you're putting your your neck on the line because you say, all right, we shouldn't have start. Do you know we sh- we shouldn't? Like I think the next day, right, bring him on at half time, give him an extra bit. The the following day after that uh, against uh, Westmead, maybe start him that day, and then take him off with with twenty minutes to go. Do you know just drip feeding him, and then at least there's a higher chance for him to be. Not I won't say a hundred percent match fit, but more match fit for the the Kilkenny game rather than taking a chance because they, they should get over these regardless. Yeah, I, I think I'd be leaning more towards that way. I think there's two weeks as well between the Leash and Westmead game. So yeah, you give him you give him half a game against Leash. Uh hopefully he's not needed at halftime. Hopefully it's just bring, bringing him on to get uh to get get 35 minutes into into the legs and then two weeks full game against Westmead and have him ready then for what hopefully will be a decisive game against Kilkenny. Yeah, I look I, I think as regards that the game against Kilkenny, um I think what now I know it's strange for a Wexford man sh- shouting for Kilkenny, but when they play Galway, like you should be praying that Kilkenny beat Galway because if they do, they they they'll be true to the Leinster final regardless. Um yeah. And then up on top as well. So the I won't say the the last game against Wexford is insignificant, but you would hope because the championship the way it is now and it's run off and there's no three or four week break between games or even a two week break between games. The Leinster final is coming up so quick that you have to think right now. If you're Brian Cody, now nobody knows how Brian Cody thinks, but like if you're Brian Cody, you're already in Leinster final. You have a Leinster final in two, in two weeks. Right, we've a, or in in two weeks. Right, next week we're playing against Wexford. Will I hold back TJ? Will I hold back 
two or three more that that I need for the Leinster final. You know, it, it it's a big it's a big question. We talk yeah. about uh, our lack of kind of work rate allowing Dublin move up the field too easy. I believe I wasn't there myself now, but I believe there was a lot of pub talk about how our half forward line wasn't wasn't up to it. From your point of view, Ryan, I won't ask you, Andrew, because you might get yourself in trouble. But uh, from your point of view, Ryan, did our half hour line just look like they weren't up to it? They looked like they were just playing their positions. You know, 10 was playing in the 10 position, 11 and 12. They're all playing their positions. I think if you're, now this is just my personal opinion, if you're in the half forward line, generally the best line on the pitch is going to be the half back line. Right, because they're the, they're the platform for success. So if you're in the half forward line, first thing you need to unsettle that. You need to put yourself about, and whether you're named at eleven or at ten, you're working across that line. You're also working back to midfield because you you want to get on ball and pull them out of position so they have to follow you. Because if you if they follow you, you're letting in space. You're leaving space behind you. Did they work hard enough? I I don't think so, but that goes back to. Well, what what were they told? What what were they told that they had to do? Did did they want them to to get on the ball, or did they want them to unsettle the opposition? Did they want them to to basically stand toe to toe with them? Um, yeah. Look, there's a lot of things there I can't answer because I don't know what way they were told to play. But I think work rate alone, purely by work rate, it, it appeared that the work rate wasn't the way it should have been. Um, because like like I said, you need to unsettle the half back line, and you do that with the half forward line, just and not in hitting a lad off the ball or anything like that, but just just basically taking that ball out of your hands, John, you know, not giving you a, a second on the ball to to be a platform for your team. But look, if you look at Wexford Hurling, Wexford Hurling, and I'm not on about this this brand or this, this group of players. I'm on about Wexford, the, the tradition with Wexford strong physical men that they'll either if they don't hit you on the way in they'll hit you on the way out they, they just brought that power that strength that raw aggression to a game and I didn't see that in the the Wexford half forward line um, well Wexford team but especially the Wexford half forward line I didn't see that at the weekend so you have to remember that like you've you've two you've two young players it's their first season Kevin Foley was centre forward who has played as a sweeper for Davy for a few years. Not really like it's from a half forward line, it's massively inexperienced. And as Ryan said, in general, your half back line on a team is usually real strong and a springboard. So it's a it's a fairly big task for especially Luca Chan and Oshin to be up to it uh, straight away. That's why that's why I would think like possibly you need to start Lee and take him off or they need something like Jack O'Connor was an option to come on the other day. I think he got injured in the warm up just from looking like, like he's someone as well. Like as Ryan is saying, like who he'll either hit you on the way out or the way in or the way out. Like, but he'll get something on you. Whereas the lads are, they're probably still learning their trade. And then for Kevin to be thrown in at 11 as well from playing that sweeper system for Davey is, is a massive change. Like, yeah. And look, I know you're saying that that they're 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 they're, they're still doing their apprenticeship, really. Uh, when you talk, think about, but it was Donick Ryan's um, debut, so like there, there was inexperience there in the the Dublin half back line too. But they 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 played more as a unit than Wexford did. 
Yeah. Yeah. It is easier for a young lad to come in if he has experienced guys beside him, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. And also, like, you have to think, right, a lad starting off his championship debut, there's going to be nerves there. But it's a, it's about using those nerves and not overburdening with telling them, they, right, you have five things to do here. Right, you have, you have one thing to do, and that's whenever you have the ball, uh, break out, beat one man and strike, or, you know, something like that. Um, and you just wonder what, what where the, the direction is going into the, the Wexford half-forward line. Because they, they, they didn't, they just didn't seem, they didn't seem as a scoring unit, but they didn't seem as a unit to, to mix it up either. Yeah, they were, they were neither supporting the backs nor getting up for Mac and Rory, like trying to run off the ball or get a ball coming in the way or someone off the shoulder. I'd agree with you. They were kind of playing, they were playing in between and they were playing kind of in a, in a, in a nowhere zone as such. Yeah. Yeah, like they weren't that out ball for the backs breaking out. They, they weren't the out ball to, to link up with. Um, but they weren't, when like I always say, when the ball is delivered into the full forward line and you're in the half forward line or, or possibly even midfield, but just find yourself up, push up the pitch. You try every, each half, you try get into the 21 four times yeah. each half. Yeah. Um, and they didn't do that. The, 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 the wave coming in after the ball had arrived wasn't there. Yeah. Makes the loss of Chin even bigger. The loss of Jack O'Connor mm. not being able to come in because he would have added something. I'm actually surprised that Jack wasn't starting and starting in the half forward line. From yeah. from an outside view, Ryan, is everyone would you be surprised he doesn't start more games? Yeah, very surprised. Like he's a, he's a phenomenal player. Um, was he injured the weekend or or what? I think he got he injured in the warm up. up. All right, okay. But, but it wouldn't explain why you went to starting. Right. Yeah, look, I, I am surprised because, like, look, there's a few marquee players that um from Wexford and you see lads coming through at under-21 the last couple of years and under-20 now, and you, you hear those names. He was a name you heard under-20, and you think he's going to take the next step up to senior. But... I look. It's easy for us talking from the outside looking in. You don't know what's going on at training. You don't know what the form of training. Maybe maybe he's in bad form at the moment. Um, at training, just lack of confidence or whatever. But looking at him as an under twenty, you think he's going to take that that next step up and is going to contribute every single game. He'd be in my team every day of the week now. I thought. Uh... Egan had showed great faith in playing him centre forward for the first few games. And now he just seems to have gone out of favour. I assume yeah. the sending off against Waterford didn't do him any favours. Yeah, and look, that, that's what I said about that. You, we don't know. Like, you look, you, the hurler on the ditch and they, everyone can do it better than the manager that's in there. But you don't know what's going on at training. You don't know the, the form that, that their internal games he could be getting cleaned out now. I'm not saying he is or anything like that, but he, you know, it's very hard to to comment from the outside, or it's very easy to comment from the outside, depending on what way you're looking at. Now, a thing a lot of people are saying, Andrew, towards the end of the game, Liam Ryan ran through. It looked as if it opened up. It opened up for him to shoot. He's not necessarily a shooter, but it did open up for him. Why didn't he shoot? Have a go himself. I don't know. I don't know. Um, look at sure he's probably 
he'll probably think back at it and he'd say why he'll be saying the exact same thing we're saying like he should have shot um it's just one of those things isn't it like but again like it should like we probably shouldn't have been in that position again uh when when you're relying on stuff like that to happen a lot like it was the same like we got away with murder against Galway it's just not going to happen every time for you not a sustainable um, way to win matches. <laughs> no, to win or draw or, or get a result out of something. Like you could see, like like he made an unbelievable run to get himself to where he was the time he got the ball. Like and everyone was shouting, like everyone was shouting, shoot, shoot. He obviously saw it different. I don't know. It's I, like, I and, and the same thing, and the same thing, like if 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 Oshin Pepper, if his first toucher, he gets in his hand perfect and hits it over the bar, it's the greatest play of all time again for us to get out of jail and get point. So it's look at it's a tough one. What are we gonna say, Ryan? Yeah, no, I, I would have backed him to shoot. Um yeah. because more, yeah, he's a full back. You, you, usually full backs just get the ball and hit it. They don't want the ball. Even you usually leave the full back free for a puck out because you let him take it. But like I've seen him pop up and score points before. Yeah. But you have to remember he was after playing seventy four or five minutes of championship hurling. your mind does crazy things, as you know, and yeah. I um, do, yeah. After four, <laughs> after seven minutes of Championship Ireland, not seventy. <laughs> um, like you know, he was under pressure. Like no, he wasn't under pressure because he had about seven, eight years. But like he was after getting blocked down just before that, uh, for the line ball. Um, he, and then he basically got, run from the full back line, got blocked down. Took the line ball, ran again up as far as the forty-five yeah. yard line. So yeah, yeah. seventy-four well, minutes into a game. Yeah, so that like even after getting blocked down that time, coming from nowhere to block him down, you have to think what was going through his mind. Do you know? Yeah. Did he did he not want to be in that position? So I'm going to run with. It. I'm going to try draw a man and give it to someone that can score. That's what yeah. I used to give it to someone that can score because fucking yeah. I don't want. That. So yeah, look, I I felt sorry for him, uh, especially after getting blocked down just before that. Um, but then when he got the ball back, it it appeared that way that he just. He didn't back himself. He didn't have the confidence after getting blocked down already. And look, with seventy-four or five minutes of hurling being played, I'm sure he he, he didn't want he didn't want to strike the ball. Yeah. From a double thinking perspective, of that fight against Tipperary that time. Oh, when yeah, he solo down bit. off the hurl. Yeah, amazing point. Up it on Quigley's one, was it? Oh, on Quigley's head. Two of them are good scores. On oh, Quigley's is the best. <laughs> no, Lean Lean Rains is unreal. Especially considering he's a full back and he basically again ran the length of the field and pulled yeah. it off over the bar off the hurl from the sideline. Yeah. Will we put like, up a big score against Leash at the weekend? Like if we only win by a couple of points, we're probably at a serious disadvantage again. Well, I I don't think score will matter. Um, especially with the draws, I don't think it's going to matter because we come down to like right playing devil, devil's advocate here, right? And a lot of ifs and buts. Um, but the the Kilkenny-Galway game is going to decide what's going to happen as regards Leinster finalists. Um, and then the the third and fourth place team, it's still all in Wexford's hands. Now, I know that they have a mammoth task ahead of them to beat Kilkenny, um, but they, they're, they're still in that pole position for third place at the moment so you really think like just make sure we get over these next two games and gear for the Kilkenny game 
Yeah, I think the target should be, regardless of winning by a point or doing a, a Galway on it against uh, Westmead, winning by about 30 points. Like, that doesn't matter. I think it's about getting just getting a win out of these two games um, and coming through injury-free. Um, I think that should be the sole focus. Maybe racking up a big score might boost confidence or whatever, but I, I personally, I just think it's getting through the two games injury-free and having a full complement of players for the Kilkenny game. Dublin will obviously be very happy with two games, two wins. They've gone to Wexford Park and they've come out with the two points. Do you think they're, where, where do you think they are right now? And do you think their performances, like just scraping over leash? And I know you just you take your win against Wexford no matter how it comes, but Wexford's massive amount of chances that they missed. Do you think Dublin are, are in a good position? Um. I think they should be confident that they're they're able to win two game two championship games, and that even though Wexford did have chances to win it, they still came through. They when it mattered, and they made the blocks, they made the they made the runs when it mattered. Um, I think I I yeah, look, they they should be confident, but I think they need to be aware that there's two mammoth tasks ahead of them. With uh, with Galway and Kilkenny, uh, and it's it's go it's going to decide their season. If they get bet in both of those games, then they're relying on other other teams to get bet as well. Um, so yeah, look, it, it's up to them. It's it's in their hands as well, um, and to, to see where it goes. Uh, but like the air, like throughout the Walsh Cup, they were phenomenal. Um, my worry is that. They're playing their they're playing their championship team in the Walsh Cup, which I don't think was going to do them any favours. They had a, a brilliant league, but a turning point league was the Kilkenny game. Like they were they were brilliant. And then the Kilkenny game in Parnell Park, it was and I was at the game, it was like men against boys. They just I don't know, did they just not fold did did they just they didn't turn up that day, they just folded to Kilkenny. And my worry is that they have Kilkenny again in Parnell Park, so so that that uh, that uh, aura about um, oh they're not going to come onto our patch and bully us, or they're not going to come onto our patch and uh, this is our home, this is a fortress. That aura is gone. Um, it would be a different case if it, was, if it was down in Nolan Park. So they know that Kilkenny can beat them in Parnell Park, um, and. Kilkenny will want to win because it's not the last game. They still need to win that game to get through to the Leinster final. So it's all to play for. It, it's basically it's a it's a Leinster semi final, you could say. Um, so Kilkenny will want to win. I think uh, Dublin need to be need to be they need to bring a hundred percent to it, and everyone needs to play to the best of their capability. But uh, sorry, uh, getting back to your question. Um, how will they feel going forward? Look, they, they, they'll be full of confidence. They should be full of confidence. But there's a, a very fine line between confidence and complacency. Um, and they, they can't let any complacency in there at all. In both, both games so far, Galway and Dublin and the Walford game, Wexford have looked quite flat. Didn't look like they were peaking at the right time. Do you think that maybe it's to do with possibly being overtrained for the last five years? 
Yeah, I, I'll tell you that. I was having the same conversation with someone there uh, on Sunday. Um, you look at all the teams that, and I look, I don't want to be throwing stones or anything like that, but you look at all the teams that Davy has been with. They they get a great bounce the first year. They, you know, does this, does the, everything, does the hype around Davy. Um, but you look, he's been with Watford. They took a, a big dip afterwards. He's been with Clare. Now I know Clare bet bet tip. Uh, yes, it was a great win, but they they took a dip for a couple of years. You look at Wexford now. Is it Wexford time to take a dip? Because like the, I remember that there was a phenomenal under twenty one team there coming through from Wexford. They won Leinster. That team are in their mid to late twenties now. They should be hitting their prime. And you'd wonder how many miles are on the legs that our body's breaking down because you can see chin is breaking down. Like the man is a, he's a man mountain. He's he's he, like you look at him, he's like a professional athlete, just the, the the makeup of him. But he shouldn't be breaking down like this. And you just wonder is are the players being pushed too much for that couple of years? Um and basically Dar Egan is coming in now to take the fallout from that. What are your thoughts, Andrew? Yeah, look at it. It's it's a valid point to even go past Lee Chin, like Sean Murphy. He's in serious bother at the moment uh, with his back. Can't get himself right. Paul Morris is another one that seems to be in trouble. Uh, Gavin Bailey. There's there's a lot of lads that seem to now. I know he he's he's has had cruciate in injuries, obviously, but. But again, it's look at the miles were massively heavy uh, in the years that Davy was there, and it's not. Unfortunately, it doesn't seem to be a one or two year hangover after uh, after Davy has left teams like like Clare are probably only coming back around now. Really, um, they got massive performance yesterday, obviously, and like you could need, you you could even say similar for Waterford. It took them loads of time to get back. Um, I'd I'd hope it doesn't happen to Wexford, but it's it's very valid. It is very valid. Like I I was in in and around different. I was in it when Davies first year just for a little while. Now I was injured, and I came back. I came back uh, when I came back from Spain. I went into the panel at the start, and I broke down in a matter of months. Thought I was flying, but the training is so hard that my body just gave in. Like. Um, so look at it. I think it is a worry. Yeah, I think it is a worry. Yeah, and I, I hope I'm wrong with that. That there is no no hangover from uh, Wexford because I really like Wexford. I know you mightn't think that now, but I actually really like Wexford, and I'd love to see Wexford do well. Um, not at Dublin's expense, I might add. But uh, but um, I just I do worry that there's there could possibly be a hangover from from Davy. Um, just he, he now look. I don't know. I haven't experienced it. You've experienced it, Andrew, but I hear it's it's just you have to become a professional athlete under Davy. Um, you, there's, no, there's no other choice. Um, oh, and it's and it's it's constant. It's like there's and look at I like I'd be the first to say it. he's he's an unbelievable manager. He he thinks about hurling differently. Like and he's proven that kind of nearly everywhere he's went like whether it's with club teams or six mile bridge with county teams like he is able to make something out of what other people might think is nothing um mm. but it's 
you're challenged constantly. So the physically you're challenged and mentally you're challenged all the time, no matter no matter what the time of year is, whether it's preseason, whether it's on the way leading up to championship, whether it's like midweek in between a lot of league games, like you just do not know what's coming for you. And that that a hundred percent has a toll on body and mind. Um and I, I, I wonder as well, is that why maybe Dara is kind of sticking with giving younger lads a go, like Cha and Oshin Foley, for example, maybe he's trying to leave them in there because like ultimately they're going to be the lads that are going to be around for the next kind of two, three years that I'd say Dara Egan maybe sees himself in the setup and he knows that the the likes of like Matt, Dio, Lee, that kind of era are kind of coming to their end. Moggy again. I thought Lee Mog was very good the last the last day. He he kinda he got through a lot of work on a lot of ball. But I I wonder is that why Dara's trying to stick with the with, with the younger lads. Yeah, and, and possibly because you look at during all of Davies time, it was nearly the same out of out of the fifteen starting, yeah. it was nearly the same twelve anyway. That started every game. Now I I don't know the stats on that, but there, it was very much a settled team, and then you put in the odd lad around that. Um, so the the transition of players has been. You, you could probably say the same about about tape at the moment. Like Colin Bonner is coming in and has a tankless job because it's a total rebuild with yeah. tape. Um, <laughs> and no, I'm not. I don't think Wexford are in the the phase of a total rebuild, but. The, the conveyor belt of players coming in was kind of stifled for a while because the same lads are being used again and again. So I, I agree 100% with what Dara's doing. He's introducing the new lads or the younger lads into his setup and, and not just giving them one game and if you play a bad game, all right, away you go. He's giving them game time to develop themselves because they might have played three, four, five, six bad games. And then eventually they will start to come around. Yeah. Leader, the leader on the team and, and the best player in the county. Um, so he is doing that and I like the fact that he's doing that. Um, and it's just about finding that mix of the, the more established players with the, the new players. Um, but still at the same time, trying to mix the, the older lads and younger lads isn't going to be easy when the older lads, their bodies are breaking down. I'm going to... Uh... I'm going to try to be a bit more positive about the the whole situ- the whole situation. <laughs> I didn't expect that to go on for so long. <laughs> I uh, I think Wexford were were excellent in the league, and I I've said it countless times, and it's been said in this podcast, in this episode, it was just the league. But it it was great from Wexford's point of view to bring in so many new players, uh, see a new system, see the mix of a system. I remember the. The Limerick game in Wexford Park where in one half against the wind it was all running with the ball and it was fantastic and then second half with the wind it was the long ball and didn't always work but it worked and Wexford got the win and look I know Limerick weren't exactly what Limerick are now in that league game but it was it was a good performance from Wexford I thought we had no right to get a result last week against Galway after that first half performance but they didn't give in. They kept fighting and they ended up earning that point against Galway. And against Dublin, I actually think that they they played fairly well for most of that game. 
I think that again the work rate I thought was really good. I know Ryan, you were saying that maybe that the half forward line could have worked harder. I, I I think that that's where they can't be faulted in their work rate. I think maybe their end product is a little was a little bit lacking in the game, but I thought like the whole team worked really hard and it was just as we've said, it's a couple of moments that didn't that all kind of went out against Wexford between the goal chances, a couple of the bad frees, and they all built up. And again, lost by a point and could have rescued it at the end. So I, I'm being optimistic. I think we get our wins over Leash and Westmead. And I'm optimistic that we can pull out a result against Kilkenny in Nolan Park, which I'd say we haven't done in a very long time in the championship. No, I, I think you're 100% right. Like, you should be confident with the, the way they're playing, right? I know, look, I, I, it does sound like I, I was giving out about them. But with the way they're playing and where they've come from, um. I think, no, this is just personally, I think maybe it could be a confidence issue after the Waterford game that maybe are they playing with him in themselves? They don't want to expose themselves in the back line. Maybe our lads, they, they don't want to play a sweeper, but our lads, they're, they're kind of holding themselves back from being that support player running forward off the shoulder because they, they, they could leave themselves exposed. Um, so look, I, 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 yeah, look, like I've, I've already said about four or five times, no disrespect to Leash or, or Westmead. They should beat them, but it's it's the Kilkenny game that they should be targeting now at this stage. Yeah. Le- poor, poor Leash and Westmead get nothing but no disrespect to them on, on this podcast. Yeah. And actually on everyone's podcast that I'm listening to, yeah. uh, everyone that's talking about the games, they all will, they will always start the bit about Leash or Westmead with no disrespect to them. And I can't help but feel that they feel disrespected. You know what? I, 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 I agree with you. But when you think about it, you, there could nearly be a restructuring the championship of nine Lee McCarthy teams. And then if you if you were to drop Leash and Westmead down and have the John McDonough with Leash, Westmead, Kerry, Carlo, I'm probably leaving out some now, and Trophy. Awfully. Awfully as well. Like they they're anyone could win that. Um so yeah, look, I, I look, that's a, that's another argument now, that's another conversation. But I, I, I certainly think those two teams there, is it is it doing them any good for their development um, getting the the hidings that they're getting and then alright we're going to target for Leash alright we're going to target the West Mead game and if we win that sure that keeps it up for another year yeah to be fair to Leash they, they're pull, they pull out the results when they need them and they've been they've been there for a while but yeah are they are they going to chat would would they not prefer winning a, another Joe McDonough Cup rather than just staying up yeah yeah can only get so many hidings, you know. Yeah, you'll yeah. never you'll never get another top team, a, a team like that, to come to the top table unless you give them the opportunity, though. Yeah, there is that argument as well, but I I I'll argue that that it doesn't start with a, a senior team. It starts with going back and pumping resources. I'm not you going to use the word money, but pumping resources into underage development. And at under 14 development squads, 15, 16, getting them at that age what they need. And then you see that wave coming through um, and then possibly to, to move up. But you need to get them uh, young and develop them while they're young. Um, and But the, the right the right 
pathway to to play at a higher level needs to happen at that age. Yeah, it's actually interesting. We were talking to David Herty last year, and it seemed the Kildare have been coming from a long way back, but from what he was saying, they seem to be on the on the right track by focusing on the underage, but also like they have all teams working together as in working on a say on the same kind of thing. They're all talking to each other rather than this team does what they want and the under sixteens do what yeah. they want and the minors do what they want. So it'd be I mean they did start to get results last year with the under twenties win against Wexford. Um, and we'll, this all Ireland club. Yeah. Just. We'll move on to our Hurler of the Week segment, which is sponsored by Boland's Wexford Ford, the official Ford dealership located in Ferrybank, Wexford, number one for new and used cars in Ireland. Andrew, I might go to you for this. Who would you give the Wexford Hurler of the Week to? Um, Damien Reck for me. I thought yeah. he just, I think he just, like, he rarely has a bad, bad game. Like, he wins he wins the dirty ball. He always wants to go forward with, and he scored three monsters as well the other day. I thought he was, I just thought he was the best Wexford player on the pitch. In the agreement, Brian? Uh, it has to be a Wexford man, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, it has to be a Wexford man. Um, and you know, you know what happens when you disagree with Andrew? Well, that's true. <laughs> well, it kind of happens when you disagree with any Wexford man. Um, I um. There's not one man that stood out above the rest, but I think uh, Limo McGovern, I think, had a solid game, got on a massive amount of ball, and his work rate um, was very good. Um, I think Lee Chin, when he came on, was phenomenal. Um, and he was targeting, lifted everyone. You could hear he, the, the TV was kind of shaking as uh, when, when he was jogging on because the roar from the, the crowd. Um, yeah, look, I, I think for me, Anna McGovern or, or Rick. Um, so, yeah, we, look, we'll give it to Andrew because I, I wasn't expecting that question. So he, he can, I'll let him take that one. Wise choice. <laughs> <laughs> I'll agree with Andrew. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, congratulations to Damien Rick. Uh, somewhat of a consolation for you as you're the Ireland podcast earlier of the week. Ryan. Would you support Tipperary now or Dublin if you're playing each other? Um, I'll tell you straight out when I was hurling uh, for Dublin, I had to. I, I used to make up stories in my head that uh, about Tip that I had to hate Tip. Um, and no matter what, even even when they were playing someone else, I I would show for that because I hated Tip because I had to I had, I had to build it up in my head. But now, no matter who, who Tip are playing, I'll support Tip. I was thinking you were going to say, and it stuck with me. <laughs> and now I still hate Tip. <laughs> oh, no, no, I, I, I'll support Tip no matter who they're playing. No, I think I know the answer to this question, but we'll ask it anyway. Who is, who is the toughest Wexford player you've ever played against? I suppose I have Sandra Shore, don't I? <laughs> Good answer. Do do you mean toughest as in physically toughest or toughest <laughs> in the got the better of me? As in toughest player to play against. Like he could be fast, you find that tough. Keith Ross. Yeah, no, Keith Ross, without a doubt, he was just he was tigerish. Just he was always there. Um like I I, I no, not now, but when I was younger, I, I fancied that I was I was uh fasting him, but I, I could still never get away from him. 
Um, so yeah, I, I think he he he'd certainly be, yeah, he'd certainly be up there anyway. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll, we'll call it with with uh, roster. Toby had you one for you there, Andrew. Well, we didn't. Year. We 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 never really had a whole long uh, period of time on each other. You got sent off down Wexford Park before. I got sent off in Parnell Park. Did you got sent off in Wexford Park? No, I don't. I know. I had to go off a few times. Oh, you got them. yeah, you got blood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I took off a good few times with them, and nearly got the ear cut off down. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, we we haven't been on each other. We haven't. Let's just say this: we haven't been on each other for a full game. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I always like Wexford lads. Like I said, they they hit you, but they they'll have a drink with you afterwards. They never hold. That's the that problem drink. sometimes. Never, yeah, never bring out <laughs> And who, who's the best player you've ever played with? Played with? Yeah. Look, Brendan Cummins uh, was just ultimate professional. Um, Is that because he brought you training? Yeah, well, there's that too. Um, <laughs> I didn't have a car then. Um, yeah, Brendan Cummins would be up there. Anyway. There's probably someone obvious that I'm leaving out now. Um, was that Owen Kelly? Uh, would he be the best player? Well, see, right, best player skill wise, yeah, he'd certainly be up there. But I, I'm looking at the whole package, just their their attitude, their mentality, their skill as well. Um, Brendan would definitely be up there. Um, oh, on Kelly had a bad attitude. That's what we're taking from the podcast. <laughs> That's what we're leading with. <laughs> I just liked his Mars bars. Um, <laughs> no, he had, a, he had a brilliant attitude when it came to hurling and everything. Phenomenal attitude, but like he. I'd say they've no problem stopping in the the apple green for a, a breakfast roll in the morning or anything like that. Uh, whereas I'd say Brendan just counts his calories and everything. Um, I'm trying to think. There's there been a few like that now. Um, not Niall Corcoran, um, without doubt. Now, as regards hurling skill, no, far from it. Uh, no, he wasn't bad, but like wouldn't have been blessed with skill. But like he made up for it through just his attitude. Like he lived the life of a professional, um, just by his attitude, by everything he did, the way his demeanor, everything, the way he carried himself, um, and that's why like when he got involved with Leash when they won the John McDonough, I said right, they're going to do something just because if he can give fifty percent of his attitude to the players, they they won't be matched. Um, then they ended up beating Dublin. Uh, same with Wexford. If they just listen to him and just take on his mentality of the way he approached the game, they, they, they I'm not saying they'll be unstoppable and win all Ireland's because you have Limerick, um, but they, they'll certainly push uh, for all Ireland semi-finals, possibly a final, because just his attitude alone. Yeah, I'll actually change it to Niall Corcoran. Um, the best player that I played with is Niall Corcoran, but just it was it encompassed everything, not just the the skills. So now Carcon is better than Owen Kelly. <laughs> Only podcast that, that will ever be said. <laughs> <laughs> who, who am I to argue? You know, just a junior hurler from Ferns. I couldn't. I couldn't say anything. Well, if you want me to get started on Ferns, lads, now, right? There's a lad there. If you want to talk with dirtiest hurler I've ever hurled with, well, actually, I didn't hurl with him, but I've seen him hurl. Peter Nolan, right? There wasn't a man safe in Boston from that man. 
even on his own team, lads were getting decapitated just because they were in they were in his swing. So I can getting... se- I can I can second that as well after uh, sort of my time for a year underneath Peter and all, and by God, yeah, he's a, he was right a then. special case, and the same in football. Like he just, and I don't think it was badness in football. I don't think he wanted to hit you in football. It was just he was just he was just a special case. <laughs> He does an unreal amount of work with the club, and he'd be. Oh, yeah, but look, like the look. No disrespect to anyone else, but like he he was driving the club out there, and I think Andrew agreed that he was driving the club in Boston. It has full since since the, he came home. Like, but uh, he just drove it. Like, and I've I've no doubt that he's going to be the same with with Wexford or with sorry with Ferns. Like, if I was to take over Wexford in the morning, he'd be the first man I'd be ringing. To yeah. come because he could do all the work. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much, lads, for for joining us. Damien Henry was the best at what he did to ever play with. Unquestionably, was the best he ever was. My God, he was just a magician. The youngest of the 15, uh, nine brothers and five sisters. They just stuck you in the goal then? Yeah, well, uh, a so-called goal, uh, two tar barrels. Damien Fitzhenry was the best goalkeeper I ever played, but you know, I'd say, say that. Damien Fitzhenry is the best goalkeeper I've ever seen. So I'd probably, like, I'd probably say Damien. Thanks very much to Andrew and Ryan for joining us on the podcast this week. It's great that we could be of service to settling a long-standing feud. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, Shane Tompkins couldn't make it. He's very busy. Yeah, he's really got his work cut out for him. You, you heard, Gary? No, what's he up to? He has... Remember he was doing a mosaic class a couple of years ago? Yeah, yeah. Well, he has set out plans and he is making a life-size mosaic of Dara Egan so I saw I saw the plans I'm not sure if he's got started yet on the actual mosaic but I've seen he has bags and bags of pieces like I, I actually I'd say there's a ton of pieces there I, I, I think he's overshot the amounts to be honest well, and where's it going? I think it's going in his his apartment in Leopardstown, I think. Okay. Interesting to see anyway. how that turns out. Anyway, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, thanks to our sponsor, the Enniscorty Credit Union. We'll be back soon with another podcast. Take care. Up Wexford. All right, Wexford!